BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to The Toast and happy Tuesday. Hope everyone's having a fabulous day. Speaking of fabulous, hey, Jax, how are you, Dern? I'm doing good. Thank you so much. So excited to be here on this Tuesday to be joined by you and to just, you know, get the week off and running. Yesterday was the longest Monday ever. I was looking at Olivia's Mm -hmm. story and she was like, she posted something like Monday night dinner and I literally was writing back, Liv, it's Tuesday. And I was wrong. I was the clown. I was the fool. It's it's also really like kind of an important thing to acknowledge when you're wrong. It's really hard to do, but it's so important. So important for sure. But I, let the record show I did not send the message because I double checked with my yeah. head. No, I feel like you and I were having that conversation yesterday about like being wrong. You know, it happens. I'm not sure exactly what you're talking about. When were we talking about we that? We were on FaceTime mm-hmm. and I was obviously wrong about something. And I said, like, obviously it doesn't happen a lot, but you know, I can be wrong. And it's so important to acknowledge when you're wrong. Just own it. Okay. Yes. It's coming back to me. What were you wrong about? See, that's a thing. You're the memory girl here. Not me. So I'm not entirely sure. I'm sure it was something moronic and inconsequential, but nevertheless, I was wrong. Yeah. And you took ownership and we're so mm-hmm. proud of you for that. And that's all we can ask Growth. from our girl. Growth. Growth. What an ugly Growth. word. <laughs> I love that. It's literally heinous growth. <laughs> growth. And then, and then wait, like growth is obviously like a beautiful thing. You want people to constantly be evolving. But it also can be like a lesion. Like you have a growth on your face, you Here's know? Here's the thing. Growth <laughs> as a verb. Greater than growth as a noun. As a noun. I completely agree. I'm glad that we've settled that today. Um, so first episode in L.A., down pat, back for number two. Hope everyone enjoyed the kind of change in scenery. A lot of people are saying, like, this glowy light behind me is, like, kind of stunning. And then maybe we should, like, have that back at our house. Get some glowy lights. Yeah, get the brand name. Order from Amazon. You know, I'll just rip it off the wall and throw it in my suitcase. Perfect. How are you liking your time in Los Angeles? How are the Los Angelinos treating you? Well, I haven't really, honestly... Um, interacted with that many Los Angelinos, except for the lovely people who work at Dear Media who have been just so helpful and so kind and so welcoming because I'm kind of like I work here now. I was here literally from like nine to five yesterday. I I was like the first one in this morning because we record so early. I'm kind of like the president of this company. Are you first one in, last one out? Kind of. And one thing about me is I never thought I would be that girl because I'm like definitely last one in, first one out kind of vibes. But that's what happens when you have a business that you're passionate about, you would know what it's like to run a business and be the first one in, last one out. But you don't. But you 
don't. So it's been great. Honestly, just like so productive. Yesterday I came back. Um, we did the toast and then I came back here because Ben and Josh were recording with some like premium guests, like lots of comedians. And I just kind of wanted to like see what was going on. And then we all went out for dinner. I went to catch like classic influencer did you get paparazzi I didn't. But the last time I was at Catch, thank you for bringing that up, I was paparazzied. And then I spent the rest of the evening and the rest of the weekend looking for the paparazzi pictures online. And they were never uploaded because I'm sure they were like, oh, we took a picture of the wrong girl. No, there was footage, right? No. They got a video. No. Nothing came of it. No, no. Nothing came of it. I was TMZ. They were asking me about Cuba Gooding Jr., the incident. And I was like more than happy to discuss with them. Here was my line. I'm very much looking forward to justice being served. Yeah. As she got in her car that was- and sped away. I, wait, no. Yeah, we like, had, this is like a book. As she slinked into her SUV and drove down yes. Mulholland. And then got into a bath that simmered and burned her skin. <laughs> we were at Catch like three years Why ago. Why is it got to burn? Why is it got to burn, though? When, when we were at Catch like three years ago, it was during that whole Cuba Gooding Jr. thing. And they when we were at, um, all right, let's not lie. We had um, called. I, I'll take responsibility. I had called. I just want to say. I let say, TMZ know. At no point did we lie. We just omitted that. Like we never said, no, I was, you never said they recognized me. They were clamoring for me. You no. said like I had an interaction with paparazzi. And that, and by the way, if you know anything about the biz, you would know that Claudia called because that's the only way they show up. No, I'm so sorry. I was about to lie and be like, TMZ was waiting for me outside. Uh, no, bitch. Like well, I, they were my publicist. Because you called them. Yeah, my publicist at the time, I was like, I feel like I want to talk to TMZ. And she was like, sure, let me arrange that. And nevertheless, they were there. And so we were walking out of the restaurant. And he was like, Claudia, can I talk to you about Cuba getting junior? And I was like, oh, okay. Um, and it was during the time when he was on trial. And so I gave this cute little interview. And then some some of the other paparazzi saw TMZ talking to me. And they were like, oh, she must be someone. So they took a bunch of pictures. And they never uploaded any of the footage. And I was like really upset. Two things. One, thankfully, we were vlogging and you can watch the footage on our Patreon vlog of LA Week 2019. And Mm -hmm. two, now thinking back to it and you hearing you tell the story, do you think that your publicist at the time kind of just like hired Hired someone to pretend like they were TMZ to make you think that she did her job? I'm just going to assume your publicist is she because I've never met a male publicist. And I have. That's why it was never on TMZ because it was a fake actor. That's really definitely interesting. That's a that's a that's a cute conspiracy theory. I think that's great hoops to jump through because like my publicist would have just said like uh, TMZ ain't interested in your um, unrecognizable ass, and I would have been like, okay, cool. Like I'm like I understand. I'm not the most famous person in the world, so I don't think she necessarily went through you know all those hoops just to like satiate my ego. Maybe she did. I don't work with her anymore, but maybe I'll shoot her a text. We're on good terms, being like, hey, girly, Isn't what, what's that- up with that? A, the literal job of a publicist to satiate your ego? Like, y- no, actually, if you have like a good working relationship with the publicist, like if I went to a publicist, it was like, I have, you know, I want to be on the cover of Vogue. She wouldn't then be like, well, Vogue is so busy. They actually just can't fill you in. She'd be like, no, you're not big enough for Vogue. Like, not everyone. I think there are definitely some celebrities whose relationship with people on their team is like delusional. But I don't like I don't work like that with people. Like, tell me the truth. Like, what's going on? Except you, you weren't really, asking like, for Vogue. You weren't asking for Vogue. No, but like Vogue, like TMZ is like a very it's reputable Vogue institution. Like it's my Vogue. Yeah. Let's but be no, real. the thing that I like about TMZ, I used to read it like every single day is like they would have stories about the smallest like reality stars that only I would care about from like, are you the one? It's like, 
there really is no one too small for TMZ and no one too big. Like they cover everything for everyone. Like if you want to read about this person, great. And if you don't, you don't have to read it. But like they really talk to the most random people. What I like about TMZ is their articles are so normal and short. It's not like they give you an essay of the history of the person and their entire mm-hmm. family and the most like moronic facts. Like just tell us what's going on and end the article. It's okay if the article's just three paragraphs. And other publications say we're talking about Selena Gomez. So first we'll mm-hmm. be like the singer, the actor, the um who says the the who says singer the only Mm -hmm. murders actress like they keep trying to find different ways to describe her until by the end it's like the former alex russo playing wizard of waverly places like just call her fucking selena like we don't need it's so weird how they can't just be like or even keep saying like the actress the, the actress the actress yeah no it's beyond annoying especially when i'm reading the stories for the show and it's like Uh uh-huh nobody cares about like what song she sang 10 years ago nobody cares nobody cares but you know what i care about what i love olives thanks selena thanks selena (laughs) well to bring my story full circle i did not get paparazzi last night which was for the best i have never packed more incorrectly for a trip in my entire life i don't know what i'm gonna be wearing for the rest of the week like i have like i'm seeing friends like i have not a single thing to wear um so it's for the best because I was looking turnt last night in like a sweater that didn't fit me. Go to the mall. Like go shopping. Like I could, but. I'm, what are you going to wear to the 49ers why? game? Oh, I'm so glad you just asked because I was, me and Ben get to San Fran this weekend like a day before the game. So I was just going to go to like the, the team store and like get a cute like sweatshirt or something. Um, but this company reached out, Bro Denim. It's like the official wear of the wags. Like they make custom hoodies, custom. So they were like, do you want us to make you something? And I was like, oh my God, thank you so much. Yes, they're shipping it to my hotel in San Francisco. Oh, thank God. So I'm all set there. Thank God. Thank yeah. God. Maybe get something back up just in case it doesn't get there. But the idea of you just getting a sweatshirt from the team store isn't gonna no cut it. like have you been to those team stores they're so they have like such cute stuff i mean it's fucking expensive but they have like bomber jackets and like really cool shirts like i was gonna get oh. something cool oh okay that is cool it, i wasn't gonna get like a t-shirt that says i love kyle use check on it actually why not yeah right you know maybe i was maybe well that's was. cool and exciting glad los angeles is treating you well yeah, it is. It definitely is. Like, I could never see myself living here. People, Everyone's always asking me that. Like, would you ever live here? No. First of all, like, to keep the toast. Like, I'm waking up at the crack of motherfucking dawn just to get these episodes out. So that's not going to work for me. And it's just not, it's not my vibe. I don't know. It's not, it's not for me. Okay. I mean, I think it's just too far to even consider. But if it was, like, where Boston is, bye. Bye, peeps. Yeah, I mean, you only moved like three hours away, so nobody else can move, right? Did I say that? No, it's too no, far. I, I think where no, you moved is too far. Oh my god, I was sorry. I know you. I was talking about myself. If that's okay, I was saying like why oh. I would why I would never move to Los Angeles. Do you think I'm going to try and tell you what to do? That's what it sounded like, and I was like, "Damn, something is off today." No, I would never. I was saying for me, if I may. Got it. Yeah, yeah, of me. course, of course. Speak, um, speak the way that I own, sis. Live your life. The way that yeah. I feel is Go that on. Los Angeles is too far of a place for me to ever move to, though I do love the few days that I spend there at a time. And perhaps if it was as close as, say, Boston, I could mm-hmm. consider it. 
I understand because I'm like, why the fuck does Jackie want me to live in Boston? Like, <laughs> okay, now I understand. I apologize. I- I'll own that one. So important to own when you're wrong. I was wrong. Okay, thank you. Thank you for that. You're welcome. And so we actually have a great show today. We have so many stories because we have two stories with a lot, two categories with a lot of subsets of stories. Are we going to talk about Harry? No. Oh. Like when you say something, I listen. No, but like now. No, at at this point, you would have to like beg for me to bring back those stories. Like you would have to say, Jax, I want to talk about Megan and Harry today. No, I don't. I honestly just thought like now it's at the point where it's unavoidable. Like, no, I don't want to get chewed out again. I don't enjoy like getting chewed out for my story choices. Selections. I heard you. And unless if you want to talk about them, you're going to have to let me know at this point because I'm like on notice. No, 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 I don't. I don't. I just I honestly thought you would have just like taken the reins and been like, we have to. Nope. Nope. Fab. Fab, fab, fab. The embargo stands. The embargo stands. I will say I did see this morning Harry on the cover of People magazine and I really um, that shocked me like that's so lowbrow. It's so up until this point, it's been like such so much quantity of press, but it's still been relatively high quality, like 60 minutes. Good morning, America. People magazine. Like, my God, that's that's desperate. That's low. No, that's that's honestly is rolling over. Rolling over, like Prince Harry should never be on the cover of the same magazine as like Cody from Sister Wives, you know? No, and it's like William and Kate are on the cover of People, like not by choice, and like no, they just put them on there. Yeah, yeah, like that's cool when you're on the cover, just like they're talking about you, not talking with you. Oof. No, it was a People exclusive. Oof, and there's conspiracies that he um made them Photoshop some more hair on his head because he's looking quite hairy. You know what? Harry is looking quite hairless. I agree. I feel like we're all so like bent out over William's balding when at the end of the day, William has actually embraced it completely. Like he could have gotten plugs. He is going to be fully bald in the next few years. He's owning the shit out of it. People roast him for it. And Harry's over here like very like thinning out balding. He's younger than William. He's going to be in the same spot as William in a few years. So let's just all let's all keep that in mind. Yeah. Balding doesn't bother me, like, in general. Especially, like, for men. Me neither. I don't notice it. I feel like people who, like, call it out are, like, mean. And Agreed. I don't care if William's balding or Harry's balding. Like, it's not how I see them. No, I agree. I don't think, I think balding for men, like, same for women, like, aging. And, like, there are things that, like, plague women as they get older. Like, I think a lot of women, you know, gain weight during menopause. It's, like, things that they actively try to avoid. And for men, like, the one thing is balding. And it's not even that big of a deal. Yeah, it's like, it's not a big deal, but it's like all those things that you describe for women, like no one would ever discuss those things who's like not the National Enquirer, you know, like no one with like, right, right. you know, scruples, whatever. Call be it like, out. She has more wrinkles today. No, so it's, it's so just true. like mean to do it to men about their baldness. I completely agree. And I also don't think it's that big of a deal. Like Ben does have an egghead and it's something like it's one of his like biggest insecurities, the shape of his head. So if he were ever to be bald, like his egghead would be like really pronounced. And that's why he fears baldness. Um, but his dad has like really long, thick hair. So I think Ben might be OK. But you could say to Ben, like, you have a wonderful shaped head. Everyone would be lucky to see it in its bald beauty. Or I, I could say this, which I would like to say. 
crack an egg on your head, let the yolk drip down, let the yolk drip down, let the yolk drip crack an egg on your head, let the yolk drip down, let the yolk drip down, let the yolk drip down. Squeeze oranges on your shoulders, let the juice drip down, let the juice drip down, let the juice. Why were we always doing that shit in camp? Like because it gives you the chills. Now you've got the now you've got the now you've got the now you've got the shiveries. There's nothing better than the chills. Nothing. A chill train at camp. Like we all turn around and give each other chills. And then like we turn around and give the other person chills, give and receive. So amazing. I loved getting chills. I hated giving chills. I give myself chills all the time. Like when I can't sleep, I notice it's something I've done since I was a kid. Like I'm always like, we'll pick one arm up and give myself chills. Oh. And then like try and fall back asleep. But like, where did these limericks come from? Crack an egg on your head. There was like so many of those things. It was all in camp, like like little handshakes. And it was just these things that everyone, Reese's Pieces, seven up, mess with me, I'll mess you up. It's just traditions. Yeah, passed down through generations. Yeah, of campers and counselors. Also, that's like the toast. Like where do all our little jigs come from? You know, and then they get passed so down true. to the next generation of toasters. So it's just that camper spirit. I, really, I could not have said it better myself, honestly. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, we were just talking about, before you cracked an egg on Ben's egg-shaped head. Uh, Harry. Harry. No, what I was going to say something about Ben's head. Oh, yeah, sure. Oh, what are your thoughts on Ben's head? There's always hair plugs. Right, right. I've heard that the trip back from the flights from Turkey to New York are filled with men with like head wraps on like they have bandages and their noses and their teeth and their heads. So there's always Turkey. Yeah, there's always Turkish very cheap. It's very cheap. It's high quality. I know I actually know a few people. I'm not going to say who, but I've known a few people who've taken the trip to Turkey and come back looking looking quite handsome. Would you say it's top quality fabric? I would say it's top quality fabric. That's ex- actually exactly what I would say. Great. Well, speaking of top quality fabric, we have so many Bravo stories today that I'm like very much into. And oh, good. we should get into them because this is going to be a very sure. long episode. I think in total we have like eight or nine stories. So oh, good. I might even cut out one. I might do like four big categories. Jackie, the toast is a painting and you are the painter. So paint away. Yeah. I'll see how we're doing. I'll see how we're doing. Uh, without further ado, do, 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 here are the fast five stories that you need to know. Could be four. I'll let you know. It's also kind of technically eight or nine. The fast five stories that you need to know that could be actually eight or nine are brought to you by Perfect Bar. Your New Year's resolution to eat healthier should be enjoyable, right? So why not snack on something that's nutritious and delicious this year? Perfect Bar has you covered with their lineup of fresh from the fridge protein bars. Made with freshly ground nut butter, organic honey, and and 20 organic superfoods, Perfect Bar has a variety of products like protein bars and little snack size bars too that are all so good and good for you. You are sure to find something you love. My favorite is the dark chocolate chip peanut butter with sea salt perfect bar because honestly dark chocolate with um sea salt is crack i don't know who invented it but it's actually crack it's so good and i'm obsessed um it's a perfect go-to snack you know i'm running around here being fabulous in la meetings 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 podcast 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 i have two snack size perfect bars in my purse and they've kept me full throughout the day so i'm not like crashing and like getting that hunger fatigue where i just can't perform my best also, on days where we have um, eight or nine stories and these episodes are so long, I actually wish that I brought a little perfect bar snack bar up here because that's mm-hmm. what I need to power me through the episodes. 
So the texture of the bars are like a cookie dough texture. It's creamy, it's full of flavor, and they're packed with six grams of protein and 150 calories. So a little bit goes a long way. Perfect Bar knows that it'll be love at first bite. So for a limited time, they're offering you a chance to try their refrigerated protein bars for free. Here's how it works. Sign up for email or text and upload a picture of your receipt from your local grocery store and they'll reimburse you for the cost of one bar directly into your Venmo or PayPal account. So many of you guys have... um, Message me that you've done it and it's been like so fabulous to get like a free snack. So I love that for you. It's not too late to do it yet. All you have to do is go to perfectsnacks.com slash toast. Get a free perfect bar today. That's perfectsnacks.com slash toast to get a free perfect bar today. Happy snacking. You can grab one after a workout or a quick bite while you're out holiday shopping and you can feel good about what you're snacking on. Great. Thank you so much. You're welcome. First story, page six is exclusively revealing uh, that Beyonce planned a collaboration with Britney Spears, but it fell through. Beyonce Hmm. almost broke the internet again. The music superstar asked Britney Spears to appear in a new music video, but the collaboration ultimately did not come to fruition. Multiple sources tell page six exclusively. It is unclear why the plan fell through. Reps for the singers did not respond to their requests for comment. I found this story to be like one extremely random and like said who? Like, you know what I mean? Like, where does this come from? Well, no, and it's not like reasons for the collab falling through are unknown. Like, they're pretty known. Like, just no. look at what's going on. And it's like, what, it's not like we knew that there was a collab coming and now it's falling through. It's like, just to let us know that something that we had no idea about actually isn't happening. It's just right. like fucking weird. But I also think the idea that they would collab is weird. I think so too. I was thinking the same thing. Like, it, it's a collab that actually makes no sense. Like, it's if this is all true, let's just operate under that premise like that's extremely generous of Beyonce to right. want to do that with Britney but like I don't think that it's I mean just have her appear in a music video like that's fine what could happen that's highly edited it's not like they're working on a song together or performing together but I just feel like it feels random it feels random I Britney's not really working like Beyonce works at an extremely high level like yeah what would they do together no, and I, and I have to imagine that every single person in the industry at the highest level is wanting to work with Britney, whether it's singing or interviews or documentary. And I don't think she's interested. I don't think she is wanting to do any of that. Like, I think it's nice to have everyone interested, but she's clearly her priorities are not to be famous and, and work as much as she can right now. I don't know what her priorities are, but they're not her, that. Her priority is not working. It's never going to be. I also right. feel like we all witnessed the free Britney movement, like everyone in the industry wanting to work with her, not Beyonce, like the agents and the book publishers and the yeah. TV people, like all of them wanting to work with her is very much against the spirit of the free Britney movement. Like we freed right. Britney so that she could like literally do nothing for the rest of her life and just like be with her better. husband and be with her kids and, and go to Hawaii and do whatever she wants. Like if we wanted Britney to be working the way that she was working, then that's what she we was doing kept before. Her. Yeah. Though no, there, of totally. course, is a level of work where it's like, you know, you're not doing a Vegas residency, every se- Vegas residency every single night versus just doing nothing in Hawaii for the rest of your life. Yeah. But I feel like the Free Britney movement, like, she just needs time to herself, like a long time. Yeah. And the discourse on Britney um, online, like, has actually really started to bother me. I think, like, the... The digital movement around Britney and when it came to her conservatorship was so powerful and like actually made a difference. And now it's taking like 
a really annoying turn. People, you know, decoding her Instagram. You know, look at this. It's photoshopped. And look at this. She's wearing red. And yellow means help. It's so moronic. And I think people just need to get used to the idea that Britney's deeply unwell. She's coming off of a 10-year period where she was, like, put on medication against her will. And it's not like she was put on Advil. She was put on lithium. Like, she's not, she is not well. Like, she's going to be putting out shit that's fucking weird and concerning because she is mentally unwell. So let's not, like, decode it and go save her and show up to her house like, Sam is trying to kill her. Stop. Like, she's just unwell. Like, let's just accept that at face value for what it is. Yes. Agreed. Which is why she should not have to work. And just be able to, whatever, dance in her living room and post And these, be weird. And post these ravings on Instagram. Yeah. And I also think, like, people in the in- industry, like, and I'm, I'm not saying this about Beyonce, because, like, I'm, I know a million people have reached out, I'm sure, and, like, wanted to work with her. People need to let her be. Like, she, the Elton John song was really good. Um, and it was nice to, like, have her singing again. But I don't think this is going to be the beginning of an illustrious career for uh, for, this isn't the second coming of Britney Spears. Yes, I agree. Uh, and I don't really believe this Beyonce story, but it's just weird and random. I mean, I kind of do believe it because Beyonce's music videos are like these long works of art. And like she has so many like random people in it. So I could see her being like, yeah, let's throw Britney in there. Like, why not? Um, I, I don't think it probably ever got to a stage like that. It was even remotely confirmed. It was just like an idea on a whiteboard. Okay. Right. It never, it never left the ideation phase. Right. But no, now somebody at page six heard about it and is like making it into a thing when it's not. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. Well, moving on to our next story, which is a subset of stories. And it's, oh my gosh. Oh, it's the Vanderpump the Rules trailer. The, uh, no, the, I, oh. the iPad started playing the Vanderpump Rules trailer, which is our first story of the day. Pump Rules trailer dropped and it looks unfucking real. There's so much going on. Obviously, Tom and Katie are getting divorced. They're going through stages of like, you know, being great friends and former partners and then like being at each other's throats. Tom Schwartz and Raquel did hook up. They have footage of them kissing. Raquel's also making out with Garcelle's son. Yes. Sheena's getting married. Lala's single talking about her new life. She's crying about, you know, things that they people say that Randall has done it looks so good I, I was shocked by how much it had me in a chokehold plus like Schwartz and Sandy's is crumbling yep I'm shook to the core I was shook too honestly because Vanderpump Rules first of all has been off the air for like two years now who cares um but so much weirdly has happened and I do think this could be the second coming of Vanderpump Rules. Like they've been, you know, on this downward spiral for like two, three years. But this trailer sounds very promising. And I know a trailer is like supposed to sound promising. Um, so we hold out hope. But it does look very good, especially like the Tom and Raquel. That's that's like kind of like a crazy ass thing. Crazy ass thing. Um, I ship it. Then it looks like Raquel's kind of in her season of singledom, like meeting people. Right. So it, it's not like they're getting into a relationship. But then she's also kind of having a mental breakdown and the cast members are saying that she's not okay. So she's obviously going through something. James has a new girlfriend who's on the scene. But what I also found was interesting is the new cast photos out. And it's usually like the cast members that you know and love and like everyone else who's even spoken one word on the show. This yeah. cast photo is just the mains. They've really like trimmed it so back. So who's main? Uh, I, let me find the photo. I forget who like, posted it. Like is Charlie main? No, I didn't see her. And James's Hold girlfriend, on, now that it. I think about it, actually looks like 
Charlie. Um, maybe oh, Ma so posted it this morning. No, but right, exactly. Like someone, like Peter's not in the cast photo, even though he always is. I think oh. Raquel goes on a date with Peter in the trailer too. Oh my God, Peter is just like being kept on staff to go on a date with someone every five years. Yeah, I can't believe he's still single. Okay, here's the picture. Raquel, okay. Sheena, Ariana, Tom Sandoval, Lisa, Tom Schwartz, James, Lala, Katie. Good. I mean, no, for a Brock. While, no, you know what I mean? Like, good. So even though he's on it the was, show, their, their wedding is on the show and he's clearly a character. Like they did the opposite of what they always do, which is like putting everyone in that promo picture and in the that promo scene. And instead they're like, these are the cast members that we're focusing on. Good. It was too much of an ensemble for the last few years when they were like merging this new generation and the old generation. It was like Danica. It was just too many people. So the I, the concept of them whittling it down, I think, is actually really good. And not everyone's partner needs to be a full time cast member. Brock, James's new girlfriend, like not everyone's boyfriend needs to be like the star. You know? Yes. Yes, I agree. Just plugging in my computer charger. Sorry, take your time. I'm sorry. My computer um, charger. Uh, I I do agree. And it also just kind of draws a line in the sand because the last few years things were really wishy-washy like are we going to go with the varsity team are we going to go with JV and it's like they've made right. a choice and I personally I love a choice in general I love when you've made a choice and I feel as though this is was the right choice so I have like a renewed interest in yeah Vanderpump rules in a big way no me too it was the trailer was definitely trailing. It was giving what it was meant to be given. Like it was creating hype. I don't know if it'll fall flat compared to the actual season, but it it looks very good and it was a very good trailer. And I think there's a lot of reasons to be excited about it. Also, yesterday we literally were talking about the Randall thing. And it sounds like at the end of the trailer when Lala's talking about like how she's freaking out if she doesn't know what people are accusing Randall of to be true. If she's referring to that, if she's referring to just the infidelity, like it seemed cryptic. Yeah, it did. And timely. So the right. show premieres, when does the show premiere? That's a great question. I thought I saw, I don't know, hopefully soon. I hate yeah. long teasers. Me too. Um, I'm ready for Vanderpump Rules. Like maybe it's because I'm like in my LA era, but like it's the vibe, you know? You are in your LA era. Yeah. Uh, okay, more Bravo news. Page okay. Six is also reporting that Catherine Dennis has not been asked back to Southern Charm for the first time in eight seasons. Catherine has reportedly been fired from the show after starring on it for eight seasons. A source told the U.S. Sun on Monday that her contract was not renewed for season nine due to several no-shows and her behavior towards staff. She said, quote, I know oh. Bravo didn't offer her a contract, but when you treat people poorly like she has, they finally get sick of it. She doesn't show up on time or show up at all during filming a lot. As Southern Charm fans will recall, her screen time on the show began declining after her breakup with Caleb. Quote, she treats people like they are beneath her. She can't stand anyone doing better or getting more attention than her. Okay, this seems like someone with an axe to grind. Personal uh, vendetta. You don't know like what Catherine thinks or feels. But as a right. viewer, I can say that I think her schedule... And her timing, she's just like a late person. She's someone who like makes last minute decisions. She also has two kids. So like sometimes things come up. She can't go to everything. I imagine that part is frustrating where it's like we're no longer going to be on Catherine time. Yeah, no, I could see a world in which she like doesn't prioritize filming, is late to everything, like wastes people time. I could totally see that being the truth. But as far as like she doesn't care about others and she doesn't want anyone having more Calm attention down. than her. Calm, Calm down. down. First <laughs> of all, if she was really that awful, she wouldn't have been on for eight seasons like the 
the right that speaks for itself when there were so many other times she could have been fired and when people mm-hmm. were calling for her to be fired she like right. kind of weathered all those storms and now she's being fired so I'm just gonna put that one on ice and two the idea that she doesn't want people having more shine than her I've actually never seen a cast member not want to be on a show so much like more you know literally like all Catherine all Catherine has things. to do on the show <laughs> All she has to do on the show is show up and she's the main character. Like everyone's always talking about Catherine. Like everything's about Catherine. And she actually doesn't even do that. And even when it is about her, she doesn't want it to be about her. Like she's the only one, the only female who's been on for since the beginning. And like, she doesn't even act like she's the OG. Like she, it's like, she doesn't like the attention. This article is contradictory because those two things cannot be true. She never films, but she doesn't want other people to be uh, more airtime than her. Well, how can that be true? Right. If she wanted all the attention, she would never miss a cash trip. She would never right. miss a dinner. She would never she miss would a drink. She would show up to everything early. She, right. But that's not her. She just is herself right. and people are interested in her and like gravity towards her. And she's just someone who like, some people, as you said, are just are the main character. The thing is, she's not always the main character because she's not always present. Right. I don't know if I feel like she's like definitely like always the main character. I feel like at one point she definitely was. I found a lot of her behavior last season to be like truly abysmal. I mean, it makes for great television, but I can imagine she's definitely could be nightmarish to work with. Yeah, I I think everyone could could see that. But I think there's also a really soft side of her because people... Uh, it's on the show, like, they do really love her. She's had these friendships they for a long time. They care about her. They care about her. And, like, Craig, who's always our barometer for who's good yeah. and who's bad, like, he loves Catherine. And I feel like she's just trying her best. No, and that's all we can expect ask from people, honestly. So this asshole who gave all the quotes to the son also no, continued to say. sounds like somebody who, like, had beef with her in middle school, like, holding on to such a grudge and, like, a personal vendetta. It sounds personal. They went on to claim that Bravo even brought in a new producer to, quote, handle her behavior. Quote, I know she's had money issues and now I don't know how she's going to work. She's never had a job. I'm worried for her, but maybe this is a wake up call. Jesus Christ, like, calm down. Honestly, like, I'm surprised <laughs> this person, in order to, like, sound believable, didn't scale back a little bit on what's clearly like a very personal gripe they have with Catherine. I would also say, like, being on the show for eight seasons is a job. So she's had I at would least say the one. same. And never forget when she worked at that department store. True. Gwen's. Guinevere's. Gwen's, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> at Brian's house in um, <laughs> in Pennsylvania, in the attic, there is a ghost. Like the woman who lived there. The, the house is like from the 1700s. And the woman who lived there in the 1700s and who died in the attic, her name was Guinevere. R.I.P. Rip. All right. Rip Guinevere. Rip Guinevere. And... Again, I'm with all of these stories today, I'm just like, I don't necessarily believe the veracity, but yeah, I'm taking it, you know, I'm just going to go along with a healthy dose of skepticism. And I'll say that if this is true, I will, I will be missing Catherine on the show, especially because it's always sad when a show has been on for a long time and then an OG goes because at this point only Shep and Craig will be OGs left. 
Right. I do think that the similar, similarly to Vanderpump Rules, this really is an ensemble cast. And I don't think one person leaving can really make or break it. And if there was, I don't think that person is Catherine. I really think Southern Charm is special in the way that like there's not one major star. Like I feel like for Vanderpump Rules for a while, it was like the Stassi show. So like her leaving like definitely impacted the show in a major way. And I feel like with Southern Charm, like they really all are. Everyone has a favorite. There's not like one person. Maybe for a while it was Shep. But like everything comes and goes and it ebbs and it flows. And I don't think one, even an OG leaving would really impact the show that much. No, not at all. And every season it's a new story that we're focused on like a new couple I don't even know right. what it's going to be next season it might be Taylor Shep's ex who's you know now right. single and and the whole country is rooting for her yeah and Tom Schwartz and Tom Schwartz who she said she wanted to be set up with right okay great are you ready for our next story yes is this third story third Bravo story so we're still in the second story we're still in the second subset well if I may just to very quickly tell you that the Bravo subset is brought to you by Kitsch. They say that hair care is the new skincare, but there is one brand that has taken it to the next level, and that's Kitsch. A cult-like following, they've created game-changing essentials that beauty enthusiasts swear by. From satin pillowcases to time-saving towels, Kitsch knows that hair care doesn't stop in the shower. They offer game-changing, time-saving beauty essentials for hair, skin, and body. Whatever your budget, your skin type, your hair type, Kitsch believes that you deserve little indulgences at affordable prices morning, noon, and night. They were started in 2010, and they started selling their hair ties door-to-door, just a hustle and a dream. They are now self-funded, female-founded, and carried in over 20,000 retail locations. Kitsch's bestsellers include satin pillowcases, caps, and eye masks. So the satin is vegan, it's cruelty-free, and it's so good for your hair. If you're not sleeping with, like, satin accessories, you will wake up with a rat's nest. That took me way too long to understand. And now that I'm at a hotel and, like, I don't have my products with me, my hair is actually crazy. I have to do, like, a full blowout in the morning. Whereas if I just go to bed with a satin pillowcase, I wake up with, like, fresh hair that I just have to, like, comb. They also offer shampoo and conditioner bars, part of Bottle Free Beauty. They have heatless satin curling rollers, so you can say goodbye to heat damage. They are TikTok videos of people throwing away their $600 curlers for this. Don't forget their classic hair ties and scrunchies. Kitsch is offering you 30% off your entire order when you go to mykitsch.com slash toast. That's right, 30% off anything and everything at mykitsch, M-Y, K-I-T-S-C-H dot com slash toast. So one more time, that's mykitch.com slash toast for 30% off your order. Start taking care of your hair because your hair is the frame of the face. And if like me, it's also the security blanket of your face, you're going to want to take good care of it so that it's around for years to come. And you don't have to take a trip to Turkey. (laughs) Kitch greater than Turkey. Turkey. Message of today's lesson. Are you ready for our next story, which is just story two, subset three? Yes. Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip season four cast announced they are going to Marrakech and here who is joining. That was in English. Caroline Man- is joining. <laughs> Caroline Manzo, Real Housewives of New Jersey. Iconic. Alex McCord of Real Housewives in New York City. Pause. Pause. I... Cannot put into words. Whoever was responsible for this has my undying love and devotion. Not only that Alex McCord is making a return to the franchise, but that she's going to Morocco where she was accused of being a buffalo coming down the stairs. So next level iconic. Even Louis Vuitton makes mistakes. I 
I, I have not been excited about something in Housewives, like in the realm of the Housewives, for many, many months. And Alex McCord is out here reinvigorating my spirit. I love this queen, Johan and Francois's mom. I recently rewatched the first couple of seasons of Bever- of New York Housewives during the pandemic. And I have to say, like, the way we were so mean to Alex McCord simply because she lived in Brooklyn. Like, I stand this queen till the day I die. And now she's living her best life being a psychologist in Australia. And I cannot wait to see that bitch in Morocco. Yeah, I feel like everyone who's on the cast, and there are some big names here that I will read. I think everyone who's joining thinks that they are the biggest name. Some of them could make the argument for themselves, but without question, Alex McCord being on this is the biggest get for Peacock, period. Yep, period, end of story, a gird. Eva Marcel and Phaedra Parks from Real Housewives of Atlanta. Brandy Glanville and Camille Grammer from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Ooh. And Vicki Gumbelson and Gretchen Rossi from Real Housewives of Orange County. Okay, now correct me if I'm wrong because I only watched five minutes of the dreadful yes. Berkshires. Eva, Phaedra, Brandy, and Vicky were all in the Berkshires and now they're doing another season of Girls Trip. Thank you. I mean, if I got cast on Ultimate Girls Trip and I had to go to Massachusetts and other women were going to like Thailand and Morocco and Turks and Caicos, like I'd be pissed too. So I'm glad they're getting a second chance because it ain't fair. Um, But life isn't fair. So I'm glad they're getting a second chance. But I was confused. I'm like, why does this sound like hella repetitive? Yeah. I mean, maybe they performed well on that season. You know what's and so crazy? It's like way, the, it's Thailand, kind of nice. the Thailand one. I didn't hear a thing about it. Like, I think it aired already. Did it? No. Oh, no. Okay, so maybe that's why I haven't heard wait. about it. No, wait. I feel Would like it announce? was announced so long ago, like it has to have already come out. No, that's an amazing question, because why would they announce season four? UGT right? season three. No way did it come out, and we heard nothing about it. No, maybe it I'm didn't wrong. come out. I'm probably wrong. It didn't come out. Okay, I'm wrong. Okay, so you're important. wrong. Thank God. I was like, oh my God. Um, so important to acknowledge when you're wrong, Jax. Okay, Moral but they filmed the that so long ago. I feel like I've seen so many pictures of like Heather Gay in Thailand. Yeah. And yeah. when does it come out? I don't know. That's an amazing question. And, and I hate to announce season four when season three hasn't even come out yet. Right. Like, do you guys deserve a season four even? Okay, By now the way, you think like maybe it didn't. Hold on. No, no. I feel like it definitely didn't because I look at page six every day and like even when the Berkshire was, was happening and I wasn't watching, like I saw headlines. It's scheduled to premiere in 2023. Okay. So it didn't come out yet. No, it did not come out yet. But I will say I did think it was weird now that I'm thinking about it. Maybe I don't that like four of these women have already been on a show together. But it's kind of nice that like now it adds another There's layer. It's like. Yeah, it's a group of women who don't know each other. Got a whole lot of history. Okay, it goes like this. Oh God, you and me got a whole lot of history. Oh no, Mm -hmm. we could be the greatest team that the world has ever seen. You and me. I love that song. Thank you for bringing that back to our attention. And yes, it adds another layer. It's a group of women who like know who don't know each other, and some of them who do. That's the importance of history. History 101, importance. Of history is incredibly important. No, is incredibly important. Period. 100%. That's such, such a valuable thing you've just said. Yeah. I think, and people don't realize it. They're all about the future. They're all about thinking about we, the future. Now we actually sound like one of those like inspirational podcasts that like actually don't say sentences okay, that have no. any actual meaning. Like, <laughs> no, 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 stop. Let's do a, a bit 
that we can make into a reel that would be like one of those podcasts, not like for our reels, but just so that like then people think, oh, maybe this is a podcast I could go to to get some of that nonsense, you know? Okay. Okay. Hold on. So I feel like it's really important to always be intentional with what you do, because once you feel like super intentional and um, intentive with your body, it it'll change your life. Like I've noticed a visible shift in my intentions. That's so true that you said that. And I feel like for Mm -hmm. me, when I want to set intentions, it's so important to look to the past in order to see the future. And you can see the future through the lens of the past. And what we've been given in the present is a gift. That, wow, I'm actually, like I'm getting emotional because when I went through my journey, I discovered that too, you know, how, how important the past is, but also not to forget about the present. And of course, you know, the future can really help you be intentional. But without that understanding of the past and the present, we have no future and the children have have no future. And you know what I believe? I believe the children are our future. Teach them well and let them lead the way. I'm that's literally Jenna Maroney. Like whenever I sing that song, I feel like Jenna Maroney. Who sings that song? Jenna Maroney. Right. Okay. So it makes sense that you think like that. Okay. I think when we post that reel, like we're going to get so many new listeners. Yeah, who are going to come to this podcast looking for like intentional wellness and they're going to find like two fucking brain dead morons <laughs> being like <laughs> Bryson Strice. No, but but that's a podcast that sounds like a real podcast. Podcast. No, like sometimes I'll see clips of like people who do like really like intent. Like I don't even know what the genre is. Who just do like podcasts about like intention. Nonsense jargon. Nonsense, Nonsense podcast jargon. jargon. And I'm like, PJ. This is a sentence that's not sentencing. Like it makes not one iota of sense. Yeah. That people will comment and be like, so true. What? No, that's one of my biggest pet peeves in life are people. And maybe that's why I wasn't cut out for the corporate world. People who say sentences that don't say anything. And maybe like they say a paragraph and within that paragraph, there's like one thing I can thread through. Mm-hmm. But like every sentence matters. I completely agree. So that's who's on Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip season four. It sounds good, mostly because of Alex McCord. Honestly, the rest are just like, sure, great. I mean, Camille Grammer is kind of a great get too. The rest are supporting characters to Alex McCord's main character energy. It's I agree, so Camille true. Grammer. Camille Grammer would have been the main character of this season if not for Alex McCord signing up. And I'm actually really looking forward to like seeing what Alex McCord is like. I think we definitely caught her at a unique time in her life. I know like her kids are grown now. She's like much, she's like gotten her education. She's probably really different because she was like so fucking desperate on the early days of New York, like could not get arrested, just wanted to be invited places. And it was like the one thing people would not give her was an invitation, mostly because she lived in Brooklyn. So I would like to see like how she's matured. 100%. 100%. Are you ready for our next story? Yeah. Which is a bit of cancer, cancel culture news because Chris oh. Harrison. Is this what you thought I was going to say? No, no. I was just ready. I'm preparing myself for like a hot take on cancel culture. No, no. I you could sit down. Like it's, it's just about Chris Harrison is launching 
launched podcast. his podcast called The Most Dramatic Podcast Ever with Chris Harrison. And he dropped the first two episodes. And honestly, from what I've seen, he's spilling the tea. He okay. talks about how he lost 20 pounds and was scared to death amid the Bachelor controversy fallout. So I'm going to read all the details, some of the quotes that he shared, because like okay. he's naming some names. He's speaking Ooh. out for the first time about the controversy that led to his abrupt exit from Bachelor Nation. He said, quote, I was heartbroken. I was gutted. I was embarrassed. I was mad at myself. I was disappointed in myself. The last thing in the world I would ever want to do was to be an agent of anything negative, whether it had to do with race or anything. He also revealed the personal toll that the controversy took on him after decades of hosting the ABC franchise quote things but out of control for a number of reasons and I was sick sick to my stomach I lost 20 pounds I didn't sleep I didn't eat I was scared to death it was just one gut punch after the other and mentally and physically I deteriorated pretty bad he admitted that during the interview he was not his normal eloquent uh, eloquent self quote I didn't Mm -hmm. express myself like I normally do I think that part we all agree on but as far as my standing in the community and the show it didn't it really didn't register on the Richter scale there were so many more egregious things going on in the world and things that had happened he said though that his apology was warranted because he did misstep and he did make a mistake he said during the fallout he recalled certain cast members campaigning to take over his hosting duties he said Mm. that uh, Nick Vile, no doubt, wanted to take his job. <gasps> oh, my this God. Is what he said. Quote, Nick wasn't really strongly against me or said anything, but I think Nick was one of those among many who probably saw the blood in the water. He saw mm-hmm. the opportunity of a job that would be really phenomenal, and no doubt he wanted that job. Uh, he noted that in addition to Nick, there were plenty of other stars from the franchise who seemingly used his exit for their benefit. He said, quote, it helped them with their 15 minutes of fame. He was definitely not shocked by their behavior. He said, it's the people that you would expect. I knew about certain cast members that were calling in. It was hilarious. And the funny thing is the people that were calling in, like asking for the job, he said, quote, I knew had, had no chance to get the job. Meanwhile, other Bachelor Nation stars, including Sean and Catherine Lowe, Lauren and Ari Leindyke, Andy Dorfman and Ben Higgins, reached out to Chris privately and showed their support for him following the controversial exit. He also specifically applauded Wells Adams as being one of the first to reach out. However, he told Chris at the time that he was going to stay out of the drama due to his recurring bartending gig on Bachelor in Paradise and his future within the franchise. Chris said, I appreciated him because if anybody had sights on the job, it was easily Wells. Yeah. And deservedly so, by the way. I thought, to be completely candid, that Wells was going to get the job. I thought it was the easiest call. He's in the family. Everybody loves him. It just seemed like a layup. The Wells did not get the job. Jesse Palmer. Jesse Palmer. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. It's just funny how like for so long, you know, Chris Harrison was above all this. Like he had the greatest job in the world. There was so much infighting within Bachelor Nation, like drama. And he was never a part of it. He had the best job. He'd show up for an hour, go home and make a million dollars. Now he's just like the rest of us getting on podcasts, dropping names. I find the Nick Vile thing to be the most interesting. Um, and it's clear there's there's beef there. I don't even remember Nick Vile being so vocal during that scandal Chris didn't say he was vocal Chris said if actually he wasn't vocal at all but like he said no doubt that Nick was kind of like positioning himself for the job Mm. probably in not being vocal and not like taking a hard stance and just like positioning himself as a good choice for it and he would have been as far as the people in Bachelor Nation who are talking heads he would definitely be on the short list right there with Wells because he is a professional commentator now and did Chris say anything about his standing with Rachel? Not in the the quotes that I saw, but it is well, a two actually, episode. Well, actually, Rachel Lindsay and Rachel Kirkenell. 
both it's Rachel's. It's a two-episode podcast. It could be in there. I didn't listen to the episodes. These were some of the pull quotes that made oh, it out. But, you know, and maybe that's just the juiciest parts of it. But I don't know, two episodes and you're finally mentioning it all. I would imagine that there's more within these episodes that's worth listening to. I agree. If you really care, like I'm so out of Bachelor world. Like I find this juicy, but not enough to like care and sit down and listen. Um, I, I feel like even before the Chris Harrison thing, the, the the show was on its way down. And then that whole scandal just really kind of stum- like spiraled it even further into oblivion. Yeah, I would say that that was the beginning. That was the end. Yeah, I don't think it was the beginning of the end. I think it had already begun. And then that was really like the nail in the coffin. Yeah. Oh, my God. I saw a headline the other day naming the new Bachelor. And it was the first time that I didn't recognize the name, the face, the person, anything. Like, because usually it's like someone from the previous season who I've been seeing in headlines. So I'm like, yeah. okay, Gabby, Rachel. Uh, I never saw this man in my life or heard of his name. It's it's so crazy. There was a time when it was the biggest show, when even just being associated with it would make you, you know, give you a career it was so powerful and it felt like it would be that way forever yeah but nothing lasts forever mcclard no but i thought the bachelor would honestly yeah well so now i wonder what his angle on podcasting is going to be i really don't think he can like be sitting down with bachelor people i think that would be a major step down to go from like being the king of bachelor nation to you know just another court jester but like why would his podcast title reference the show like it feels well, I like think it's, it's a- just like it's visibility for him and, and he could turn it to be having dramatic interviews with, I don't know, uh, horse race owners because like he used to do broadcasting for he horse did? races. Yeah, that's what he did before the I literally, you were, I thought you were going to say he could have sit down interviews with whores. That too. And that would also <laughs> be an extremely dramatic podcast. That would be, you know, I guess it could just be like a dramatic interview series. It's not always going to be about The Bachelor. Um, But he needs to find an angle. He can't just be like a podcaster who commentates on pop culture because like at one point he was pop culture. Like, but I think he is a very good interviewer, talking head, broadcaster. And he needs to find what his thing is. Maybe Chris Harrison has like interests and maybe he'll be, you know, the number one like fishing podcast where it's like very dramatic talking about like all these different catches. No, I could definitely see it becoming a podcast about fishing. That's an amazing point. So I think he really needs to do a 180 and find a niche for himself. Me too. But I also appreciate him taking the first two episodes. So like, let's talk about the elephant in the room. Like what's going on? Give us the tea. But then maybe now we're going to do a podcast about elephants and what's going on in the elephant community. I mean, if you haven't seen the documentary and apology to elephants, like, please, it's, it's less than an hour. It's so short and it's the best documentary on the planet. It could become some sort of true crime interview podcast where he talks to victims of crime. Perhaps. It could be anything. The world is his oyster. It could become a podcast where I feel like people have tried to do this, but I can't think of one that's one out where he talks to canceled people. That actually would be an interesting podcast. I would love to be on the episode. Yeah, I think that someone should do that podcast. Yeah, that's actually a really good call. Like you just go through their whole scandal and like break it down. Yeah, exclusively cancel people but then there would be other better titles for that podcast but I guess it would again be a dramatic podcast yeah yeah yeah. no that's good there the possibilities are endless for Chris we're wishing him well in the podcasting sphere you know we enjoy it here we hope you like it here welcome 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 to the podcast sphere bum bum 
Are you ready for our next story? Yeah. Hmm. Should it be our final? Um, tell me the last two stories and I'll tell you if we should just choose one or both. One or four. Ashley Simpson Ross talks the nerve wracking moments she played music for her mother-in-law, Diana Ross. Mm, okay. Right? It's like, what's go. the fifth? Fifth. Gwyneth Paltrow recalls the wild 90s party scene and how she was doing cocaine and not getting caught. That one. Skip for to sure. it. Gwyneth Paltrow joined James Corden on The Late Late Show with James Corden, and she admitted there was a time when she wasn't such a health and wellness guru like mm. she is now, and she was surrounded by such unhealthy influences. She was on the show promoting her four-part Audible series, The Goop Pursuit, while this year's Golden Globe nominee, Hillary Swank, was discussing Alaska Daily. Corden said, you both came up in the 90s, which is having quite the renaissance at the moment. The fashion, right. the music. What, would it like for, what was it like for both of you being so famous at a time when there was no social media, no nothing? What do you remember about that time? She said, Gwyneth, it was great. I mean, talk about doing cocaine and not getting caught. Like you could just be at a bar and be like having fun, dance on a table. You could, no camera phones, especially in New York, right. interestingly enough. There were no paparazzi. You could stumble out of a bar and go home with some rando and no one would know. Hmm. Well, honestly, I do often think about how like being famous is obviously great. I do think this is like the worst time ever to be famous. Like the, there's really never been more of like a lack of privacy for people and like because of phones and everything, but also people celebrity culture has gotten so fucked that people have no boundaries anymore. Like people have yeah. really lost their marbles. So I do often think about how like back in the day, like Judy Garland, she like left her house four times a year and like was rolling, like raking in the dough. But I also think like before the cell phones and like kind of in like maybe like the flip phone era, very much like early nineties, I think that was probably like the most iconic time to be famous. Yeah. But I also feel like even though celebrities don't have privacy these days, they, they have a way of, doing their thing and you know yes. I don't you don't see a video every day of a celebrity doing cocaine but like celebrities do cocaine no for sure for sure no there's a way to do cocaine and not get caught I completely agree but what I'm saying I'm not talking about just cocaine <laughs> I'm talking about like just celebrity life and right now like I think our culture is probably the most it's ever been obsessed with celebrities and like I don't know it kind of it kind of sucks yeah it does and I also think you know us the way that we engage with celebrities and makes the whole experience like more transient and the, your time is up even faster. There's someone new who's going to come up. Yeah. But it, it's like anything else. There's pros and cons. So that would be a con of like internet culture. But a pro is that anybody can get famous. And like, yep. even though people who have the resources and the access have a, a leg up, everyone has, you know, access to yep. YouTube. Like Justin Bieber is famous yep. because of YouTube. Like, no, you're 100% right. There's definitely pros and cons. I think another pro of like the digital space, while it is so toxic, is there's so much money to be made. So many celebrities who don't even like do, like they, they make more money on their like moronic Instagrams than they do from like acting. Right, right. No, totally. There's definitely benefits. But I, I, I think maybe it's because it's in the past and you'd look back on things fondly and like through a nostalgic lens, but it does feel like being famous in the 90s was probably so much more fun. Oh, for sure. I mean, the 90s were just fun. We were like five and six, but we were having a ball. Yeah, no, but like now when you look back on that, like those, like the club era and it really everyone was like just doing drugs, like it looks fun. 
Yeah, but you also had like enough technology to make your life simpler. Like you yes. had a cell phone, but it just made calls, you know, but right. you could it communicate with the next person. Like, where's the next party? But it doesn't, you know, also hold your hand while you're taking a shit. Like, no, and completely. wipe your ass for you. A hundred percent. Exactly. Like I, and I think that's what Gwyneth was saying. And she really like her, like, like old photos, when you look back on them, like it's just so iconic. Yeah. Also... It's like you could call up for delivery and, and get delivery to your door, but you didn't have Uber Eats where it's like right. two seconds so, so simple. No, so you really had like the same like accessibility to stuff, but just not the same like level of accessibility. Yeah, which is too much accessibility. I agree. No, it does feel like to be like an actual like major celebrity these days, like I, I do feel like there's probably a lot of parts of it that are extremely annoying, like the lack of privacy, the way like your f- like fa- fan culture has become so toxic and so invasive. And a lot of that has to do with the Internet. I think there's a, like a lot of things about being famous in, in this day and age that like stink. Yeah, it reminds me. Did you see that video of Bad Bunny when he was with yes. a fan? Like a fan was like following him, not shoving following him, just, her like, walking, phone. walking with his entourage in Dominican Republic. And then she like, comes up to him, shoves her her phone in his face to like take a selfie or FaceTime, whatever. And he grabbed it and he chucked it. I loved every minute of that. Like people (laughs) deserve privacy. People deserve personal space. And if you're not going to respect that, fuck around and find out. And she did. She found the fuck out. She found her phone in the bush. Yeah. She found her phone in the bush. And now she can tell everyone that bad bunny threw my phone. There you got your story. I was obsessed with that moment. Like, no. Yeah. Fans. we, We, you should respect your fans. They gave you your career. Yada, yada, yada. People deserve personal space and if you can't respect that your phone's going in the bush yeah I totally agree it's not like she sent a meet and greet like yeah no he's literally just walking like a human being like the way we've just put these celebrities on a pedestal to the point where they're not human beings anymore and we feel like we can grab them and touch them inappropriately like it's beyond we are not okay no but that as always is the takeaway from every episode of the toast people are not okay and as long as you keep that in mind I think you'll do well in this life I really do and just you know know that and try not to be a part of the problem as best as you can yes and then the more people who listen to the toast the less people who are part of the problem hence world peace By the way, just following up on a story from yesterday about the dogs and the frogs, the dogs won. And apparently, like, they won by, like, 50 points. And all these people who flew to L.A. to see their Texas Christian University frogs play, like, kind of wasted their time. Yeah. Well, I'm sure it was exciting. They were called, like, the horny-toted frogs or something like that. The toast. Horn something. The horn. The the horn horn frogs. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking weird. Um. I'm sure I don't I've never heard of TCU and the Horned Frogs so I imagine that they are not in the national championships often so it was probably like exciting to just go to a championship yeah. uh even though they fucking wipe the court with you um yeah they wipe the dogs wipe the floor with the frogs and um I live in New York you know what should have been the theme song of the national championship you tell you ain't nothing but a Dog, dog player, player. I, I, get I get it. Frog, Frog player, I get it. I completely agree. You so that's work. just a free marketing idea for the next time TCU goes up against Georgia Dogs. Wishing well to all of our Tennessee Central University students and fans. But I'm happy for you guys that you made it to the championship. Like, imagine if Colgate made it to the championship, you wouldn't see me complaining that we didn't right. win. It's not about the destination; it's about the journey. Yeah, it brought the community together. 
it was very exciting for all of you and you should be grateful. It centralized the Tennessee Central University community. Yeah, because people don't know about Tennessee Central. You think it would be in like central Tennessee, but it's not. Right. Right. You'd think it would be centrally Tennessean. But, but it's it pretty like it's kind of borders the border. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like not central. <laughs> I think that's our cue to end this episode. So without further ado, do, 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 thank you so much for listening to the Toast the Millennial Morning Show, where we deliver the fast five stories that you need to know every Monday through Friday on YouTube. So if you're watching this on YouTube, please feel free to subscribe and give this video a thumbs up. We're also available as a podcast anywhere podcasts can be found. So that's Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Public Radio, iHeartRadio, CastBox, all the places. So wherever you listen to podcasts, find us, the Toast, leave a five-star review about how wickedly talented and centrally Tennessean we are. Hope you guys have an <laughs> incredible Tuesday, and we'll see you tomorrow for hump day. Love you guys. Bye. Love ya. Bye.